On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. It's a buzzkill. Buzzkill Robinson. It's been said. Hi, aren't you that guy everybody hates? No, man, no. This is Tall Can Audio. Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! Hello, everybody. Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, and I hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Matt Robinson here in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Rob Christie out in the satellite studio in Canada. What's happening today, man? Nestled in amongst the evergreens out here in in Canada. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Canada. We were just talking about, yeah, Canada. <laughs> yeah. We were just talking about uh, about a little music and and what uh, what leads you in and so Matt's Matt's jamming to a couple of bangers by Lisa Loeb and whoever else he's got going on there. Donna Lewis, you fucking and we're asshole. At, Don- <laughs> you we're were over here, Lisa the shuffle was <laughs> over here. Yeah. The shuffle was a little kinder to me. I entered into the show with. Um, a little steal my sunshine. Steal. Yeah, exactly. That's the glaive I had pre-show. <laughs> um, yeah, steal my sunshine by Len. Len. Which I, I enjoy. Followed by Epic by Faith No More, which yes. is a true and traditional banger. It is good for 1989, especially. Yes. Yeah. You know what yeah. that reminds me of, man? And then, Late and nights. Then, Late nights on uh, Edge 102 in Toronto, they would always go live to air from the Phoenix Concert Club out in Burlington or something. And it was essentially just one of their DJs spinning tunes um, on alternative night or whatever. And so you were basically just getting a reduced quality version of the song with the occasional scream and like nightclub background. It was like, um, what was it on City TV? Late night there, they'd... um, Every now and then go... Electric Circus. That's it, man. That's what this was, but on radio, which kind of defeated half the purpose. <laughs> but that's what that song We're always makes me think much, of. With less cooler people with, with oh, not as good know. moves. Yeah. Electric Circus. Electric Circus always, featured a lot, of, a lot of mustaches, a lot of... A lot of it, it was very timely, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and really, I think you could only get on there by invite. Oh, really? That, that was my understanding. I never received one. Because <laughs> you I, never I, got I can't one. understand Much that. like many parties, children's birthday <laughs> parties. <laughs> uh, speaking of an electric circus, it's been a bit of an electric circus of, uh, of a calamity over here. Technical difficulties. We're back up and running uh, just before we, we did drop there a second ago. We heard you crack something. What's going on today? 
Oh, another one. Oh, I had to start another beer. Yep. Yeah, because, you know, technical difficulties are what they are. Um, I am, and this whole thing really feels a bit like, you know, we had we had a nice little flow going, little little witty banter. Ignore that. Um, reminds me of the the session I did with Rick Mercer, where in Beijing, where honestly I was killing it, me. And then we had to stop, and Rick Mercer tells me, "Hey, this is the Rick Mercer show, not the Rob Christie show." And honestly, we've had to do I've the take that about five a time times. or two. Yeah, <laughs> that's crossed my mind over. Here. <laughs> Anyways, the the part that makes air, I am like the driest, you know, straight man you could ever ask for, and and by straight I mean comedy straight man. Yeah, well, really both both apply, really, I guess. But yeah, sort of cut my cut my mojo. Hmm. Anyways. What what am I drinking here today? Uh, I am drinking uh, from the Common Good Brewing Company in Toronto. I, I, we've, I, I've touched down there before, but I'm back with a uh, what they call their double dry hopped. Mm. Sorry, the wild style double dry hopped Vic Secret and Citra Hazy IPA. That's a bit of a mouthful. Seriously. So. Yeah, so it comes in at a beefy 7.5% alcohol. So um, I thought, uh, should I should I just drink one of these? Nah, probably not. So I've uh, I rustled up a couple. After listening to your show on Friday, I was thinking about going with a Twist Shandy, but, mm, you sure. know, something <laughs> with maybe 0.5% alcohol, yep. something to keep me nice and mellowed out. But um, No one's going to believe no, you I've have gone to work the other later way. tonight. Oh, I got to work. Oh, God. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> I don't need people can do what you want. There's with things that, that have to happen, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a bunch of things. There's there's prep work for the week. You know, there's all kinds of things that have to happen here. I'm not sure why you need to put the hops in the name of the beer, right? So your your Vic Secret is a is from Australia, and the other one's an American Citra, which obviously by the name is what's giving you the, the citrusy kind of flavor to it so i can pull on this and i'll let you know okay um i got tired of waiting cracked mine uh there's a lot of things to get through there before i was going to be able to get to a sip of my beer uh this is one we've had before i think you've had it as well this is the cheeky bastard english stout from the uh, nickelbrook boo uh boo boo nickelbrook brewing company um it's 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 got a little bit of a, a roastiness to it or something. Got a little bit of a, a sweetness to it, uh, and a little bit of smoke, if I do say so myself, and I do. Uh, so that's what we're going with over here. It's the that cheeky bastard, uh, Nickelbrook bastard. Yeah, I always want to. I always want to throw that down in the uh, <laughs> that Metallica tune. It's master bastard, bastard. Yeah, works, man. But let's just let's be clear. It's master of puppets. Maybe for not you. faster, not faster of puppets. Um, couple hey, just before, hey. oh, oh, but no, 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 we're powering through, man. One of us has Some, a game to watch tonight. Some forty one does a does an excellent version of that. Do they? Master of puppets. Yep. Just yeah, saying. they also they they're big into that scene. What was the one video where they end with they're, they're all dressed up like? Uh, That's fat lip. Yeah, but at the end of it, they're all dressed up. Um, 
like eighties fucking metal. Yeah, well, it's it's, a, it's a it's an ode to Judas Priest. I yeah, think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pain for pleasure. I think is the the title of that oh, little piece right. at the end of Fat Lip. Though you're right. Yes, so. exactly. Um, bunch of places we could get to, but the place I badly want to start right now. On this day, twenty years ago, I'm gonna see if you want to take even a swipe at this. Mid April in two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah, what might be happening? Uh, John give... McDonald hit for the cycle. <laughs> you have aged John McDonald way too hard. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs complete the four-game sweep of the Ottawa Senators. Um, wow. And uh, this is one of those ones, thank you to our buddy Mike Camito. Uh, if you're not following along on Twitter, does all your uh, on this day in hockey history stuff. Uh, normally, this time of year... His feed brings me nothing but heartbreak in mid-April. Um, on this day, the Leafs were soundly defeated by, eliminated by, once again, heart, uh, again hearts crushed by. But uh, 2001, <laughs> do you remember? Because I'll be honest, after uh, reading this, I went back and, and kind of watched the highlights of that series. To me, they kind of blend together, right? The Leafs played the Sens in 2000, in 2001, in 2002, and again in 2004. Do you remember specifically the 2001 and, and kind of what the circumstances were going in? See, I, I think of the whole thing as a best in 19. Okay. It's just this huge blur, <laughs> honest, honestly, to be honest. Uh, in, in 01, was Ottawa the one seed and Toronto was the eight seed? That was my recollection as well. It was turns out it's a 2-7. Two, 2-7 seven. Two, seven with Ottawa in the two? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I remember. And, and, and again, I'm going to ask you watch the series. Is this where Ottawa had the flu at some point in it? Is Owen Nolan involved in this? No. Series? So Owen Nolan shows up, I think, in 02. Um, but okay. maybe they were sick. I, I, I don't remember. Like, I'm watching condensed highlights of it. They're not getting to all the storylines, whatever. But this is the one where Cujo gets this is Matt Sundin wins game one in overtime. Um, one nothing with the slap shot yeah. across the blue line. Ping, right? So, um, game one is a shutout for Cujo. Game two is a shutout for Cujo, and we're like late second, early third before Ottawa gets two there in uh, in game three. I think both of them Hosa, if I remember correctly. Um, but this is this is the one to me after watching it back that f- I'm pretty sure through the entire regular season, Ottawa beat us like a drum. Six, uh, six and oh, yeah. eight and oh, whatever it was, right? We were still playing a heavy divisional yeah. schedule and Ottawa was the heavy favorite. And while the, the teams played a couple of like really good seven game series, this was the one that was like the most, I guess, unlikely for Toronto. And some of the names that jump out at you, man, like I'm looking at uh, Carl Rakunik, I'm looking at Jonas Hoagland, um, Andreas Dackel, right? There's just, it takes you back to a time and place, man. Magnus Arvidsson. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. Patrick Laleem, yeah. this is his first playoff, uh, first playoffs where he's the guy. If you, and if you're losing in Patty's, if you look at Patty Laleem's, his playoff record, like his stats in those years in Ottawa, yeah, they are sterling mm-hmm. in, in terms of, in terms of his goals against and his save percentage. Like yeah, at the some point, if you're losing fine. one, nothing in yeah, well, the, the one loss, maybe not. <laughs> um, but if you are if you are losing one nothing in overtime, don't look your goalie no. <laughs> for Christ's sake. 
somebody else, but yet he does get saddled with all those, you know, the sadness and the sorrow from it. <laughs> it's the old four one that I remember him for, right? Where Newendike scores between his legs in game seven, where it seems like he kind of gets drummed out of town. I think when we come back, that's the last year before the lockout coming back from the lockout, Ottawa's yep. gone out and got Hasek. Um, which looked to be a stellar move until the Olympics. Um, yeah, all, all these things, right? So, uh, but yeah, his his numbers in those earlier series and in 03, Ottawa goes all the way to the conference final. It's really just that one game seven where I really looked at him and went, yep, it was you tonight, man. You were the problem there. Yeah, well, you can't be, it can't be you. The finger can't be firmly on you in a game seven. No. Right? So, but to, to answer your question, no, Matt. The, the whole thing is 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 blurry between 01 and 04, right, in terms of... Well, it is to me too, like you know I said, what? to be honest with you. I, the only reason I asked was, like, I couldn't remember, after watching these highlights back, I had to go look up, was this the year where we were the favorite? Is this the year where we were close? Is this the year where they had kicked our ass? Like, they do sort of, obviously as a Leaf fan, you remember them quite fondly as all wins, but they kind of blend yeah. together as to which one was that again, right? Like... Well, and, and not only that, they all seem to have a bit of that Ottawa dominated the regular season and Toronto went on to win all three playoff rounds. That is my recollection four, of it. Four playoff rounds. <laughs> okay, four playoff rounds. Um, there must be, a, yeah, I was thinking, oh, one, two. It's 2000, four, one, right. two, and four. Okay. Yeah. And so the things the things that do stick out, um, Alfredson hitting Tucker into the boards. Right. Uh, the, the one and only time Ty Domi ever bled. I think that's <laughs> Rico Pearson, I think was the guy who hit him. Like these are the things that I, that really stick out. Yeah. And then the Laleem two goals and one from like the goal line in the boards. And you're like, what the <laughs> is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Those are the things that really jump out. Yeah. Only bring it up because, you know, noteworthy in the uh, the Leafs send things. We're going to talk a bit of sends here in a bit. We got a couple things we want to touch on. The CFL, um, interesting news happening there. Vladdy remains hot, although today no Blue Jays appear to be hot as what little I've seen before we started recording. I uh, do want to mention, though, uh, no Wednesday morning guest pod this week, but on Thursday morning, uh, just the way the schedules are going to work out for our guest. Graham Creech and Steve Bunda will be back on the podcast. Big UFC card coming up on Saturday, UFC 261. And that's Jorge Masvidal versus Kumaro Usman. And then two really stellar women's fights on the undercard. So I had a good time and got some good feedback the last time we had those guys on to talk a little UFC. So we're going to do that again. Look for that on Thursday morning. Did you hear anything, man, on on Saturday night going head-to-head uh, there's a free fight, UFC fight night, Vegas, 24. It's Robert Whitaker versus um, uh, Gostelum. That turns out to be Robert Whitaker just laying down a clinic up against this trailer fight club. It's Jake Paul versus, uh, fuck, I don't even remember now. who. The, oh, um, Ben Askren, retired UFC guy. Just had a fucking hip replacement in September. And I'm supposed to be impressed with, with Jake Paul. <laughs> Did you hear about this mess before it started? Because I'd sort of half heard tell of it and then sort of lost track. I didn't know when it was. Um, but uh, I guess it was last night. Did you know this thing was coming? Well, I, I had just heard about it late last week, okay. I think. Right. And I kept, and that, and, and that, and you're like, that Paul guy just keeps showing up everywhere. Yeah. Right. And you're like, 
it it has so I just I shut my ears to all anything that involves him, right? Because yeah. he's just he's just a social media attention hogging bastard. So <laughs> yeah, I, I just sort of whatever you want to do, buddy. But people seem to be drawn to it. Well, and they got guys on the pl- on the like play by play team that are clearly hammered. They got Ric Flair out there dancing. Like they're, they're, this reminds me of like remember that early two thousands, mid two thousands celebrity <laughs> boxing. Right? Like, what a joke this thing is. And, and he's out there calling himself a pro boxer. And so far, he's fought a YouTuber, an NBA guy, and like I said, uh, a fucking MMA guy who never was able to box. His strength was his wrestling. And he's been retired and had a hip replacement. Like, I don't know what Jake Paul is talking about. He's about to fight a seven-year-old cancer patient on his next show, I'm sure, is what's coming next. Like, what a fucking joke, man. Well, I think you got to double down on the hip replacement. You know, somebody's <laughs> grandmother. Yeah, and this is what I'm talking about. No, I, I, I have, I have zero interest in it. And it, uh, it was fifty bucks on pay per view. I didn't even know. I assumed it must be on like some, like ESPN eight, the Ocho, right? Like we always do. Fifty yeah. bucks to buy this train rack. Fuck you. Yeah. Well, see, and this is this is the equivalent of your medieval times show where you bring out midgets and there's like medieval wrestlemania you know a lady with a mustache yeah there's a lady with a mustache and somebody you know eating glass and shit like do do yourselves it's not as medieval as you think (laughs) yeah and and do something better with your time yeah and money honestly Uh, (laughs) more money more money than brains man that's all, all that is um, so UFC 261 goes on Saturday. It's going to be good. So check out, uh, Thursday morning's podcast. That'll have, like I said, Graham Creech and Steve Bunda, a couple good guys, a couple craft beer guys. We'll, uh, we'll kick that around. Um, why don't we stay on the, uh, the hockey thing that we started with here, Leafs and Sens. And I sent you some tweets and I'm sure as I was sending them to you, you felt like I was probably getting ready to ask you to defend some straight nonsense that was being spit on, uh, on Sen's Twitter, but I do have this rare privilege of being part of two neurotic fan bases on Twitter, both the Leafs and the Sen's. And one of the things, the far more reasonable, I guess, take of the two, why don't we start here, was his friend of the show, J- good old JR, right? John Rodenberg over at TSN 1200 said that the Senators by next year are going to be better than the Habs, and that has to be a bitter pill for the Habs to swallow. You know how I feel about the Habs. I had them being much worse than almost everybody else had predicted them to be going into this season. And I feel like right now they're making their way into the playoffs by default over time, losing their way to glory, right? One point at a time. But I looked at that and went, that's interesting. I think that's going to be close, but JR seems pretty convinced that by next year, the Senators will be better than the Habs. When you saw that tweet, either as it happened or as I forwarded it to you, what was your first brush at it? Okay. And, and let's just make sure that I'm, I'm remembering this correctly. I think he said, it's got to be a bitter pill for Habs fans that next year, the Sens will be better than the Habs at worst two years from now. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Because I think I think the inclusion of the second year is important because 
I felt the second year was covering his tracks a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. All right. And 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 to me, that's no problem. Yeah. Because you're looking at it in a season right now where Ottawa's on four, two, and two in eight games. Yeah. Against against Montreal. So who's saying Ottawa's not better than them right now? The standings, for one. Yep. But record head to head, which is okay, which is but... which is what we really come come down to is sure. is what is the record styles make fights as we talk about yep. right and so um i think what it comes down to is i i'm not sure i agree with it but i really liked what the habs did right and and it's interesting we talked last week or two weeks ago you and i talked about with the core the Sens have are is will they be better you know we referenced mark method and will they be better than the leafs right. in x number of years and the difference in the comparison for me as I work my way towards the Habs is the core that the Leafs have is young mm-hmm. and, su- and super talented. Yep. The core that, that the Habs have to gone. me with their, with their additions this year, yeah, you go, yeah, that's a better team this year, but their core is not. Right. Right? When you look at Weber, Weber looks now like he looked when Nashville gave him up, like that guy can't skate and that guy is – is flat yeah, out he's done. Aged and he ha- hard this year. This year has not been bubble Weber, you know, <laughs> the trident, if you will, right? <laughs> and, and and Weber and Sherratt and Petrie is not getting any younger. You have Price for another 15 years, <laughs> yeah. right? And then you have Gallagher, who, if you look at them now, they just signed him for, I believe, for another eight years. Yep. <laughs> and that's a guy who that's is a hard a miles soul- guy. Ooh, and and he is now Josh Anderson, hard miles guy. Well, at least Anderson's a little younger. Yes, he is, but he's going to play that same. You know, well, for for sure he will. But to me, Josh Anderson has has some more kilometers. Yes, he does. He does. And, whereas to me, Gallagher, I thought if you if you get two more years, good years out of him, mm-hmm. but he's breaking down yeah. big time already. And and so to me, the Habs have to win now. Like the the trades they made. And they brought in, and I, and I was I, I was exchanging messages back and forth with a with a Hab fan saying, "Can you imagine where the Habs would be without Allen to Foley and Anderson yeah. this year? Yeah, and and Edmondson even throw him in the mix. I will not. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and see, and and to me that is that is one of the things when people say I am not a plus minus fan. Right? People talk about you know how antiquated that stat is, and yeah, when when. Every time I watch a Habs game and they say, uh, Joel Edmondson, NHL plus minus leader. And you go, okay, that's, that's probably all you need to know about the stat. Yeah. I think it's, I think as, as far as a superficial sort of on the surface stat, it's fine. Right. As an entry point into something further and more detailed. Um, but the Habs to me are on the, are on the wane, right? Like they are, that's a waning core and, if you look at the future being Kotkaniemi and and Suzuki, I like Suzuki a lot. Yeah, me like, too. To me, that that's a super valuable piece. I'm not sure what Kotkaniemi ever turns into, what his ceiling is, right? right? And I I think there's there's no way. Okay, yeah. See, <laughs> you, you can't you can't see this, but I'm I'm doing the fishing the fishing rod <laughs> motion, right? As I reel this back in, um. Ottawa has a lot of pieces, but there's some question marks, right? For me, in terms of of what puts this, where's the goaltending going to be at, mm-hmm. right? Are are we going to get 
average to slightly above average goaltending from whoever, right? right? Be it be it Murray, be it Decord, be it Gus the Bus, right? <laughs> Whatever that is. Move right? that Gus. Yeah. And then if you have well, that's a good throwback. <laughs> good throwback there, Matt. Um and then and then you know, where is the D? Because right now this decor is not a it's got some pieces and some what ifs. Right. Right. And so um I'm really happy with the forward core and and and, and what's happening up front. But yeah, in, in order for Ottawa to be a two hands, mash it in the bucket better than the Habs. Yeah, goaltending has to has to perform at its best, and we need to make at least one more change on the blue line. But I I don't really disagree that the, the Habs are trending in the wrong direction. Um, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of audio there for seriously, and it 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 kind of spits in the face of a lot of audio earlier in the season about how great the Habs were going to be. I know what you're saying. Long term, they're, they're in trouble, but as you know, I I've, I've never been a fan. Let me kind of steer this because I want to keep this on the sends. I I thought the comp, the, the comparison to the Habs uh, made by JR there was interesting. So I wanted to, to bring it up, but as as this is going on, and I, I assume this looks a lot like maybe what it looked like to be a non-Leafs fan about four years ago. There's a lot of pieces on the come for the Senators, but we don't know much about a lot of them yet in terms of how they will perform in the NHL. And I want to hit you with a couple names here and just some things that have been said. I know you've seen most of them, um, but for the listeners' sake, uh, there was a tweet put out just on Saturday that said we need to have a more serious conversation about how good Josh Norris has and will be. And underneath that was a reply that says, it looks like he will end up being the third best center in franchise history behind Spezza and Yashin. That's provocative goddamn talk. We're also seeing, um, you know, with the, the national championships in the U.S. just wrapping up, a lot of excitement about, um, and his name just suddenly fucking Shane Pinto. No, no, the defenseman. JBD. Nope, the one who just played. <laughs> Both no, they, the, they all. Both okay, those guys give me the give me the give me the other guy. There's a third guy, the defenseman there. Jake Sanderson. Jake Sanderson is the guy. You're not talking about Tyler Clevin, right? I am not. So. All three of those guys are going to be relevant to this conversation, but Jake Sanderson had a very good world junior and then had a very good uh, frozen four and and like a great college season. And that got Sens fans, rightfully so, very excited. Uh, JBD, Jacob Bernard Docker had also played for Canada's world junior team last year. Not, yeah, exactly. So, um, and kind of got thrown into the lineup. Everyone knew he was going to be in the lineup before the end of the season and, and probably this weekend, but a Zaitsev injury means he draws in early and by all accounts, he looked fine for a first NHL game for a defenseman. And you also referenced Shane Pinto, who just signed, plays his first game on Saturday, I believe. Saturday, Saturday afternoon against the Habs, yeah. Yeah, and again, looks fine. It's a first NHL game. You don't draw conclusions on anything. He didn't look over his head, Um are you telling me that from his sixty-seven percent in the on the dot that we can't about is the face? And we, and we can't and we can't extrapolate out that the guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, we can try. We can, we can try the same way Yannick Perot is a what Hall a buzz, of Famer. What a buzzkill you are, man! Oh my god. 
So I've hit you with some stuff there. And, and just before I give it to you to run, let me tell you from an outsider's perspective who has a vested interest in seeing the senators fail. So I, I, I'm declaring my bias up front here. What this looks like to me is that the Sens are a year, maybe two, but probably next year. You start to see it swing back in the right direction. But this looks like a team that is going to need to be built on tremendous depth because over the last few years where they've been bad and we'll see as they've been bad again this year, what the draft looks like, but there, there doesn't appear to be game breaking Jack Eichels or Nathan McKinnon's or whatever in the first round this year. Um, we'll see. This looks like a team that's going to have to be built on depth because while they've been this bad, and, and you'll correct me, maybe you feel differently about Tim Stutzla, but they didn't get that franchise-altering player that you often want to see in a rebuild like this. And so, you know, when I see somebody talk about Josh Norris, who came in a very, in hindsight, good trade for Eric Carlson, um, and these sorts of guys, I see good players. I don't know that I see top and, like, changing franchise players unless they all come in a wave and make this very deep team. Do you disagree with that? Uh, oh, just slightly. Okay. Just slightly. Um, I think you're going to see Stutzla. I think you're going to see him be a a Marner type. Okay. Right? Yeah. Is, yeah. Right. I think I think that's where Stutzla sort of projects. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's got 24 points now who's hit the wall hard about, I don't know, 25 games in, right? Yeah. Like and rookies just, often do, let alone this year's schedule. <laughs> right. And, and, and he has a bit of that European thing. You know, I think he went through a phase where he was going down a little easy. <laughs> but this is a guy who has elite level talent. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. There is no Matthews, McDavid, uh, McKinnon, you said it, yeah. it's a great. Um, there is no franchise player here. I would I would agree with you at that point. And and as you pointed out, this this summer's draft is leaning heavily towards the defensive side. Yeah. Um, not really a true franchise player, at least in projection at this point, up front. And and it's funny because I was listening to this morning. I got up and I was having a coffee and. Um, your uh, Graham Creech on TSN Weekend had Graham Nichols on, friend of the show. Yep. Cool. Um, and he was talking about, yeah, Six Sends on Twitter. Yep. He was talking about the future of, of the, and this sort of lends more towards your thinking, Matt, when he talks about um, Stutzla being the wild card in terms of he's playing the wing right now. Will he be a center? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say now because he's almost gone two full seasons his season, his year in the DEL with the men, he played wing, uh, and he's played the whole season, short of a period against Edmonton on the wing here as well. Right. Um. So does he project to be a a you know a center or a play driving winger? I, I'm not sure. But if, if he becomes not, a number one center, that changes everything for this team. Like. Yeah. Well, and and it it, it turns out, and again, th- these are the lofty expectations you put on people, but they talk about. You know, your smaller play driving winger, a la Patrick Kane, kind yep. of yep. ish. Um, so, but what Graham Nichols was talking about this morning was 
if you're looking at a a center of, and this is doubling back to your your tweet of Josh Norris, Shane Pinto, Colin White, uh, Nick Paul, mm-hmm. whatever whatever that looks, and that to me is very much in line with, as you say, a team that is going to roll four lines at you and sort of grind you down, right? As opposed to you know, Alice St. Louis. Yeah, it's a good example. As, a, as opposed to you know your Leafs, your Jets, your Bruins, mm-hmm. right? Like teams that can put out put out a line or two that are that are gonna that have a great opportunity. Yeah, it just to dummy keeps coming at you, right? Like there's a competent line after competent line after com. None of them that blow you away, but none of them that give you a break. Like yeah. And, and and the two tweets you sent to me, both you know the, the Norris one and the Jr. one, um, and, and really it's all the it's all the tweet it's all the replies it's underneath. I stay out of yeah, the replies. And, and, and so that's and why I at, think both of them. I sent you an original tweet and my yeah, favorite reply to them. <laughs> yeah, and 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 to me, there's and that McGeorge guy or whatever his name was. He, there's there's a couple of things happening there, right? He's saying. There was one of the tweets, anyways, under the JR tweet that said, it doesn't matter because Ottawa may not have a franchise in five <laughs> years because their owner is too cheap to pay and nobody's showing up in the building, right? Like, way to muddy the water yeah. on the, ar- on the argument, buddy. are we having the same conversation here? Or? Yeah, and, and again, so to me, that's the whole thing, right? I read through it and I go, ha-ha, dick face, ha-ha, dick <laughs> face, whatever, right? You know, I don't take any of it to be uh, too seriously, yeah. but um, Norris... Uh, so Norris for, for fans, like that's the one there. This is the one where it's, he will finish up as the third best center in franchise history behind Yashin and, and Spezza. And what you need to know is they had, uh, when the trade was made, yeah. And I hate, I hated the trade instantly. Right. Yeah. When it happened. Cause at the time I'm like, I don't want any of your bullshit you know, Tomash Hurdle, don't give me that shit. And then at the end, I was like, we didn't even get a fucking Thomas Hurdle here in this deal, right? Like you were like, oh my, this is terrible, Rudy Balzers and this Dylan was this not the infamous like six pieces like yeah. where Pierre tried to frame it as, oh, we didn't get anything great, but we got a lot of stuff, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 there's still a, there's still a San Jose second this year, right? To come, right. So at this point, worst case scenario, you're looking at they got Chris Tierney still. Mm-hmm. Whatever they have, uh, Stutzla is that San Jose pick. Yeah, and then you have Josh Norris, which well, even is, Tierney he's still serving a purpose right now, right? Like yeah, yeah. competent, capable and, player. Yep. And, and when they t- so yeah, it, it's absolutely turned into a home run to look at where Carlson is and yes. projecting to. Not but I hated like it at the time, yeah, just no. in terms of transparency. Yeah. No. Um, but Jamie Baker, who used to do color on, on TV for the Sharks, when he was on, he was like, ah, oh, Norris, he's going to be a sort of a third a third line center. You know, he, it's a nice yep. sort of piece. So it's a long way between that and, <laughs> Jason you know, <laughs> third best, you know, well, and Yashin at points in his yeah, heyday yeah. was a, a dominant first line center, right? Mm-hmm. And so... In that 2001 yeah. series against Toronto, he was I, do, there he was. I, I don't, I don't know, right? And and the thing is, he's way better than anybody here thought he would be. Yes, right. Um, the the flip side, and if I can add something, when you say you're talking about a franchise that's coming up on 30 years in existence, 
And if I said to you, how many other centers are in that conversation for best center? Who are we talking about? Mike Fisher? Yep. We're talking about Kyle Matthew Shane, Kyle Turris? Yeah, like, I get it. Else? It's not like a stacked. This is not a murderer's row of, of centers here, it's right? It's still so, lofty to say, you know. Sean McKecker? Not even Sean McKecker. Like, <laughs> like, who are we talking about here, right? In terms of, I'm trying to think of who was on that line with Alfredson and McKecker and and. and and you're like, yeah, Bonk. Maybe it may have been Yashin, actually. Yeah. yeah, Bonk is another guy. Yeah, yeah, these are not. There's not a a a history of great centers I, in this franchise. Yeah. And I get it. It's not like um I'm, I'm this person came out and said he would be one of the top three centers in Habs history or whatever. Yeah. But but still to say, and I guess uh, to sort of my final point on this, I would ask you, you know. To be fair, the Sens got off to like just a dog shit start, like one nine, one, nine and, one. and one. Yeah, okay, and have been pretty decent since, right? Like pretty competent, pretty. What happened there, Matt? Do you think? What do you mean? What what caused? Oh what yeah, was... you mean all the DJ's veterans <laughs> suddenly well, got D- flushed out of the lineup? <laughs> yeah, DJ's. But at some point, when do you, as a general manager, Tell your essentially guy coming off of a, a rookie coach, yeah, we're not doing that. No, no, uh, you, that doesn't you, happen. Or uh, you, apparently you, not. But right, I agree with you that obviously there was some pieces there that quickly were you know revealed to be nowhere near as good as their younger counterparts, and and I do sort of understand the idea that you want to make guys earn a job, but man, there was some pretty transparent bullshit going on there, but. I guess, like I said, my final point on this would be, do you feel like, because there is a tendency, you know, one, nine and one, you're pretty much out of it already. And you were already predicted to be the the worst team in this division, but I, I just look at it and I feel a little bit like Sens fans are getting ahead of themselves or just in terms of the speed with which this is going to happen. Like JBD like we all know defense hard, man, like really yeah. hard to, adjust. and we're just like, I guess he's going to be Shabbat's partner next year. And that's just going to go smoothly. I, I don't know, maybe, but no. like those no. are the Pinto, the same thing. He's going to have to learn, right? Like in that yep. two, three slot, like it's just, I feel like maybe we're falling into what the Leafs used to do almost religiously after Christmas when everyone was limit or we were eliminated and there was not, yeah, now we're good, right? No pressure. Nobody's taken us seriously. I don't think it's quite the same, but I do yeah. feel like maybe Sens fans are getting a little ahead of themselves on how fast this is going to go. Well, and, and you're taking the polls via Twitter. Uh, yeah. It's a very <laughs> rational place. <laughs> Which is which is not now. There's a lot to happen between now and October of mm-hmm. next of of 2021, right? Like, what's going to happen in between? I do not anticipate this Ottawa Senators franchise making the playoffs next year. No, in the Atlantic Division, I don't. Not going to be better um, than Tampa. Not going to be better than Toronto. Toronto. Not going to be better. Sure. There's right, right, um, and, and and then after that, it's a crapshoot, really. Yeah, to me the Bruins are going the wrong way. Looks like the Habs it. are going the wrong way. Yeah, um, but the, you know, I still don't expect that's still too much talent for this young team to jump over, especially if their goaltending continues to be erratic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I don't. Now, when we do our pre, our Atlantic preview show <laughs> next year, and I say they're, they're going to finish second in the division, yeah. yeah, let's like just remember yeah. remember this April scene, Rob, <laughs> drinking the seven point five double dry hopped IPAs. Yes. Um, but that's not what you listen to this show for. No. Not rational thought. Um, but yeah, uh, to me, this is. You you need all these guys need further seasoning. Yeah. Right. Like to, to me, this is we're talking 21, 22, 22, 23, 23, 24, probably. I like, could see though, I could see not next year, but the year after them pushing up against a playoff spot if everything yeah, well, was to turn out right. And so really there's there's a lot of nice pieces. And I think what you look at is uh the, the JBD debut the other night, he Josh gets round emotion. Oh man! Well, it can't happen it's soon enough. Like, that be. guy is not an NHL <laughs> defenseman, man. Like at this point, don't play that guy. I don't care if he dated your daughter in high school. Whatever the deal is, I get no good, man. Um, I need that but, to catch on. It's got it's, yeah. it's, well, the yeah, Josh Brown sure, demotion has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Except yeah. it hasn't. That's the problem. Yeah. And, and the thing is. I agree with you. Like the JBD thing, he gets cranked a couple times in the first period of, yep. of that game against Winnipeg, which is a big, heavy, fast team. Yes, it is. Right? You know, hey, I was playing the University of Duluth, <laughs> yeah. and, and now I'm getting crushed by Adam Lowry or yeah. whatever, right? That And you sort of go, these big guys are on me. And then it's like you, you can see him make that adjustment, and then the second and third period – he played 15 minutes, man. Yeah. And and he made smarter, quicker decisions. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think the thing is, if you look at, in a blanket statement, the World Juniors, the Canadian team at the World Juniors, the role you played, you may be big dog on your team in the WHL or the OHL, wherever you are. Yeah. The, the role you play when you play for Canada at the World Juniors is probably how you project out yeah, and JBD yeah. well and JBD was a guy who when he came there he was a middle pairing yep. sometimes top pairing defense but yep. he was the guy who was smart first pass guy move the puck guy not great offensive guy right and and I think that is what that guy projects out to be um hmm. no this team needs to acquire a steady you know Eric Chernak kind of Guy Another Mark the, Mathot. Right. Somebody who's going to settle in there for a two or three year contract, overpay him a bit if you have to. And you will. Yeah. To be on that right side. Yeah. That's what you need. And so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, and I, it's always my go-to when I've said this to you before, usually it's in regards to Leaf fans prior to the playoffs, <laughs> but reading all those things, right. Senators fans right now, after beating the Habs six, three and four zip in the last two games. Yeah. It, you kind of have that that clip from Braveheart, where the English <laughs> and they're like, "Wow, they seem very optimistic, right?" Like that is like the fan base right now is high, and you're like, and high in many ways. Right? Yes. Like, <laughs> you must be high. <laughs> yeah, we're feeling good, and yeah, a lot of the Chiba is being passed around, a lot yeah. of lefties, right? And so, yeah, I, I agree. We'll see how it goes, but right now. I'm going to, I'm going to tie up a bunch of loose ends. Mm-hmm. No absolute game breakers, shortest Stutzla. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yep. Um, but 
Norris, I think if that guy projects out to be a 60-point guy, I think that's probably if he, if he makes it to a 60-point defenseman, yeah. 20-40 split, I mean, for a uh, centerman, bam, good on draws, we're happy. But let's just wait and see. Well, that's it, There's- right? Like, that's so much it. Like, if you can get Stutzla into the middle to be a competent number one center, and then you end up with, like, Pinto and Norris as, and just to use a name, like, two Ryan O'Reilly's, even if one of them is Ryan O'Reilly light. Con Smythe Trophy Yeah, winner, but at two, at two and three, you're rolling, right? You're fine. You're rolling, rolling, rolling. What? Yeah. That was like important. That. Yeah. But it, but that's the, sure the <laughs> you're you're looking for one of those what? guys to pan out as a big, you know, number two strong. I don't think they're in a bad position. I just think a lot like um unparalleled success, Matt. Yes, I'm I not know. sure that's, what you're talking that's, about. We're supposed to be in the middle of it by now, I think. <laughs> so, I hope this isn't it. Uh yeah. you mentioned Adam Lowry there. Man, they give that guy three point two five million dollars for five years and I don't know, man. You know how I feel on this stuff. Yeah, if can you, you not hear? Can you not hear LeBron James? Not one, no. not two, <laughs> right? Not three. Yeah, five. You've got a like a twenty-nine-year-old center who has never once hit thirty points, and you got to give that. You have to give that guy five years. You need to lock that. I understand his job isn't point production, but stop it. <laughs> like this is Tanner Pearson all over it. Stop. Oh, Stop. I'm taking Lowry doing... over Pearson every day. I'll take Pearson's three years over Lowry's five. I'll tell you yep. that much. Like that's well, and, the. And, and, and people smarter than you, Matt, question. There mark. aren't. Those yeah. people are not out there. <laughs> are think are, are lauding this as a fantastic deal. Well, good for them, man. <laughs> They'll be I'm trying to about, trade that. I'm talking in. to you, Pierre Lebrun. Yeah, well. We like the good heart. It must be a good source. That's all I can yeah. say about that. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, let's talk about Vladdy for a second, man, because... Uh, for Ted Williams! Yes, <laughs> for sure. Um, what do you think is happening there? Because right now we're seeing a guy who looks a lot closer to what we were expecting based on what we saw in the minors. And, and there's a lot going on in terms of, you know, having had another year in the league, but also having lost a pile of weight. What do we attribute the fact that he's hitting the ball this much harder, this much more regular, he's this much more patient at the plate? Um, A lot of people saying that a big part of this is he's so much quicker now in his swing that, you know, in in past years, maybe even if he was recognizing where it was going to be, he was slower to get started because of his fitness. Maybe now he's getting on it a little quicker. Which of these things... And, and maybe it's a bit of everything. Do you kind of attribute this to, is it the fitness thing or is it just the being up here and, and, you know, kind of getting a little bit more set and, and understanding what major league pitchers are trying to do to him? Yeah, I, I think, I think he is a, this big round faced guy, I think, you know, but no gregarious personality. Like, man, mm-hmm. you see that guy in the, in the dugout and whether it's Bachette and Guriel and, Hernandez when they're yeah. when they're when they're healthy they're all down at the end of the dugout and and they're around Vladdy and there's laughing and there's Would you go as far as to say he's jolly jolly for <laughs> sure man yeah and, and I think the hype on on his first full season was so great um I think it's it's a combo of of all those things you said 
But the losing the weight, like you look at, he looks damn right. It's felt in, yes. in certain situations, right? Still First a huge to third ass. On, in game one there on Saturday, like just well, hit a triple the other night, man. Yeah. Like that's a guy. Yeah, that's a guy who was like a double short of the of the cycle, and you're like, <laughs> wow, good for you, man. Um, but I I think he is. It's the fitness and and clearly the guy last year way too many ground balls, right? Yeah. Balls hit on the ground. Yeah hard right now you're looking at and they flashed up a stat on saturday afternoon in the first game of that double hitter where they talked about number of balls hit at 110 miles per hour or greater Mm -hmm. right in a season and vladdy's hit 11 right at at 110 or greater next is is giancarlo stanton right at seven at seven (laughs) and aaron judge at six and then there's a bunch of guys at four three and two like He's now got a little under the ball a bit more, right? That mm-hmm. ball is in the air, and he is like he hit a ball almost like out of Kauffman Stadium, which is fifty-six feet. Yeah, That's which insane. is like your Walmart parking lot. Well, and then it's, the next, yeah, and the next game he hits one four hundred five. You're like, oh, boring, right? <laughs> like, yeah. boring. <laughs> yeah, but this is so to me, uh, and he's and he's hitting. He's got your singles, your doubles. He's just. Man, he is seeing the ball so well, and, and I, I think, like everybody says, it's it's the confidence that comes with it, right? I think I think he was squished by a bunch of things last year. The, the mental side of the of, of the game, right? Which in baseball is so Much huge. Much like his belt buckle. Yeah, well, his, his kidneys, his, <laughs> all those things, right? Yeah. My spleen, my spleen is taking an absolute beating. Um, we love you, but yeah. Buddy. Yeah, well, for sure we do, man. And and I now think, especially, yeah, and it's contagious. And you go, um, now that he's hitting and everything, and you're like, man, I'm 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 much fitter, mm-hmm. and I've got this everyday gig right now going on over there at first. And if those guys can, he also looks balls, pretty athletic there, like reaching out and grabbing shit. And yeah, well, and once he gets used to it. Yeah. Right? Like once he once he gets on that, and I I think it can only go better. But I think it's the combination of being fitter and and getting a little more, a little more under the ball, right? Because right? he was just pounding the ball into the dirt yeah, a bunch last of worm year. Burners. Yeah, and so to me, the question to you, Matt, is and mm. and like he was coming in at uh, on Saturday, he was still over four hundred. Yeah, had an had an on base percentage in, in excess of five hundred. <laughs> right, this crazy, you know. OBP of just, you know, it was unbelievable. And so where do you see him finishing at in terms of average? Average really is what I'm looking for. Yeah, obviously well under 400. Um, Oh, bummer. Look at that again. (laughs) Matt's a buzzkill. Buzzkill, Robinson. It's been said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I think... You know, as as pitchers kind of learn to work around him, as he's working to learn uh, work around them. You know, the the drag of the season kind of catches up to you. I I'll be pumped, frankly, if he finishes, you know, three oh five, something like that. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, that would be an incredible season for that guy. Um, and, and yeah, you're talking about average, but his OBP is going to be huge. Is, is, you know, how much, how often is he getting walked later in the season? So well, he's, ta- and he's taken walks yeah. like, to me. That's so I, I think he's vastly improved certainly, but I think what you've seen early on is probably unreasonable to, uh, yeah, ask to continue. But, um, yeah, if he could be in that neighborhood of 300, you, you'd be 
ecstatic with the season you that he's it, had. You think it's unreasonable that he could be on base 50% of the time that he comes to the plate? You think that's unreasonable? Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a long year, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but if you look at, and we talked about this last week, I know for sure that so T. Oscar has, has either tested positive, yes. whatever's happened well, he's there. He's in protocol anyway. Right. Springer Springer continues to Springer to looks like this. he may be back by the end of the week, which would be... Which we thought was going to happen two weeks ago. Pre, pre, you know, quad problem or hamstring, whatever that was, post oblique issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- when you have Tay Oscar back and you have Springer back, and, and I love what Simeon's doing, right? And I, I, I think the, the if you can nestle Guriel in behind him, if you can if you can insulate Vladdy, and he continues to get good looks at balls yep. and like that, that is gonna. That is going to help him unbelievably, right? And so I think the season just is is setting up with the confidence he's got going. Yeah. Well, so where do you where do you got him? Where's his average going to finish for you then by the end of the year? Yeah, no, I I think you've I think you've All you've right. you've hit it right. I, if he gets anywhere between three hundred and three twenty, yeah, right. And if you can get up towards forty homers, yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable. And and to me, this offense, they lost two nothing today again. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's sort of flirting with that 500. You keep close until the pitching gets healthy. Like Robbie Ray pitched well today. Um, um, well, 90 pitches in five innings. Like, no, no, I know. But he kept them off the, the board, end, but Jesus. Well, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right? Yep. Is, is, you know, can you, can you keep the zeros on the board? Yep. Right, keep those fat round numbers up there. It's good, not the eights, but the zeros, please. Well, Stephen Matz looks good again on Saturday. Stephen Matz is, is is the guy I was. He was, you know, he was throwing a. It was hitless through five or six, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so if if you can just keep holding on in a in a in an American league that from really from top to bottom is sort of everyone's at five hundred, like everyone's within two games of. Yeah, this was. Um... I guess April 17th, so Saturday, uh, was the deepest that the Yankees had been into a season with the worst league in the Amer- uh, worst record in the American League East since 1998. They were sitting in fifth place. But yeah, everybody clumped together. The, the rain delay hurts you a little on Friday because that would have been the Steven Matz start. That would have given him, uh, he would have pitched Friday. Then you go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and he would have pitched against Boston. Now that he was saved for Saturday, obviously because of the rain delay, you're looking at maybe a Roark there, maybe a bullpen day there again. Oh. That's going to be a little unfortunate. So the the weather didn't do you any favors there. But yeah, Matt's been off to a good start. There was a report before the game today that uh, Pearson is being stretched out again. There was some talk that maybe he would come back as a bullpen guy, but they're, they're trying to lengthen him out again. Um you know, nothing bad so far in terms of the the groin injury that he'd suffered and everything that was going on there. Uh, Hatch doesn't look close. Merriweather doesn't look close. Romano does look like he'll be ready to come off as soon as the that 10-day stint on the IL. So we'll see um, how this is going to go. But yeah, it's sort of, as you've suggested, patchwork for now, right? Just hang close, hang around 500 until you can get healthy and then and then see what happens. But I agree with you. Once Springer gets back in there, to start leading off as the, the Jays came into Sunday today um, with Marcus Simeon one for 15, which is basically the entire season st- uh, leading off the first inning of a game. And, you know, I I'm, I'm with you. I've liked what he's brought, but 
he hasn't been a great leadoff guy necessarily. Right, right. And and if you look at if if it comes down to, oh, all right. I'm sorry, it's gone. I I, I was I was waiting. Matt's gonna Matt's gonna Matt. nope. Matt's got gone. points too, man. Matt's got yeah, points no, to hit. And, 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 and Rob didn't want to trample those points, but Rob was also cognizant of the me, fact that me, he, me. Matt, yeah, know that Matt was going to go and okay, and and then transition. And I'm mm. like, okay, wait, I got to get into this before Matt transitions. <laughs> and, and no, we've missed it. So Matt's going to transition. Uh, yeah, do it now, Matt. Do it. We're headed to some CFL talk, and there's not a whole lot here. And I'll, you know, to, to bring the listener in a little bit, I had sent along a, a point to you that I wanted to touch on and you rightfully suggested, man, it's just frustrating right now. The pattern that the CFL is in, there's no news and really the, the preseason, I believe was supposed to start on the 23rd of May and the regular season on the 10th of June. So obviously that's not happening, but we don't know almost anything else in terms of what they've got planned, if anything um, here in Ontario and in BC, things are getting worse, not better. Um, the variants have become a huge factor and yeah, it's become frustrating and there's not a lot to talk about when it comes to the CFL, but something that caught my eye was an email that went out from the CFL PA on Friday night or, uh, or Saturday morning that told its membership, don't give up any gig that you have right now, any income, any side hustle, any whatever, you know, CFL players, many of them have off season jobs that they take because of the way the league pays. And normally, as I suggested, if the preseason and training camp was to start on May 23rd, you'd be getting ready to come North. And we're obviously not in a position where that's going to happen. And the fact that the PA has sent out this message to its membership that says, don't even be talking about giving up your other paying gigs right now. I don't know, man. Leads me to suggest we're not close, right? Don't, don't quit your day job. Right. Yeah. And, and, and as I said to you, like I'm a guy who, who grew up that CFL was football. That that's what, that's what football was to me. And I remember, I remember punching out a kid in in grade eight. Is this related telling- to football or just, just bragging? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I punched out a pile of kids in grade eight. Um, but no, the idea was it, him telling me the NFL game far superior to the CFL game. Fuck you. Yeah. Well, that's it. Were you totally there? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I had no idea at no. the time, right? Like to me, CFL was was football, man. I grew up a Saskatchewan Rough Riders guy. Um, yeah. Hey man, what do you want? Joe Pow Pow back in the day, Ray <laughs> Elgard. Like a, you're talking about this was, this was it. And so um, Glenn Suter, when he actually played, not just as a, as an, an analyst, um, but it's, it's sad to me the, the way the whole thing and, and it's dying, man. It's like, it's in palliative care right now, the yes. CFL. Like this to me is, and when you heard this whole thing a month ago, six weeks ago, I don't know when the whole XFL, All right. CFL thing came down, you're like, that's dumb, man. Why would the <laughs> CFL want to go that route? And then the longer it goes on, you're like, the XFL may in fact be the lifeline. Save line. us, Rock. 
this is it, man. Like it, it may come down to, and and as the as as the the COVID nineteen virus sort of spiked last year, and, and it came, it's it's exposed all of the of the cracks in in the CFL yeah. business in the business of of Canadian football, right? And and, and so it's it, to me, as I said to you, I'm like ah man, I I I just feel saddened by it really is and you go well i don't know what i what i have to offer but i, I clearly have as always stories with beating up 12 year olds we may have been we may have been 13 <laughs> I, I have no idea what it was but that kid needed it um yeah it's not like i'm it's not like i'm 40 being up that, you know, <laughs> that kid was, had it coming <laughs> yeah he did man and i don't care if he was right no we disagree do you think then are we going to see a season at all or is this like I, I think it's good advice obviously that the PA is giving these guys until we hear for sure something is happening and we have an actual start date do not give up whatever you might be doing right now to take care of your families that's good advice but as fans should we be alarmed by it or is that probably just business as usual inside the PA. Well, and I, and I think what comes down, yeah, it's great. It, it's, it's great on the, on the side of the PA. Yeah. Um, because I think what is most alarming to anybody, right. Is the lack of information that's coming from the CFL, mm-hmm. right. What is happening? Is there a season? Is there not a season? And, and it's 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 interesting. I saw a tweet the other night from uh, Steve Warren, right? Right. When Lisa McLeod, who is the uh, conservative MPP based out of Ottawa, mm-hmm. but um, she's the Minister of Heritage and Sport ish, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Saying Hamilton and Toronto and Ottawa will not host CFL games this year, right? And Steve is saying. How can Toronto Maple Leafs and Ottawa mm-hmm. Senators host games, but not the you know the Tie Cats, right. Argonauts, Red Blacks? Especially and, in and, theory, when those teams are outside versus inside. Yeah, well, and the simple answer is you know we laugh a bit, snicker yeah. on the side about the NHL and its its spot as the fourth of the major sports. Yep. You know, you know, but the reality is. Money. Yeah, the NHL is the Clampets. They're millionaires living <laughs> off in Beverly, yeah. right? Like they uh, they have piles of the cash compared to the CFL. And what's going to stop the CFL is the ability to test, yep. retest, yep. right? Bubble, Screen, charters, bubble, all these protocols, yeah. yes. all those things, right? That the NHL is able to do because it costs millions of dollars. Yep. And we're talking making millions and spending millions versus making negative and spending <laughs> millions, right? Like yeah. it just ain't happening, right? The the, pros, the the protocols and the procedures that the NHL is able to put in place yeah. is not available to the CFL. When we've had this debate and people get all upset about it, oh, the Leafs can play, but the OHL can't. Yeah. Like that's sort of the deal, right? Even uh, here in Ottawa, the senator's, badly wanted to get their American hockey league team, their, their B team up and running. And the compromise was then it doesn't play in Belleville. 
you're going to play in Ottawa where the building is already set up for testing, where you can be under kind of this same roof, right? Under these same protocols. This is what you have to do if you want to play. And so obviously Toronto was easy enough to do. It's in the same city anyway. You can bring them into your building and into your protocols if you want. I assume, though I guess I don't know, that Laval is playing out of the Habs building. I guess I don't know that, but I believe that was sort of the the trade-off, was you're going to have to live up to the NHL standard. That was the minimum that we were, as a government, willing to give, and the CFL is not going to be able to afford that. It's just not. And so, to me, I, I guess, in f- maybe a far more, especially following Friday's press conference, and we can get into that if you want, um, how dire is it? Do you expect, obviously we're not opening camps on May 23rd. Do you think by August or September, we as a society in this country will be in a place where it's even on the table to start doing even a a shrunken down season? What was the date again? Well, August or September or. Yeah, I think, I think in terms of the CFL, that Labor Day is always the sort of... Ramp it up. Yeah, it is that time of year where people are like, yeah, Labor Day, man. That's your, your Labor Day classics. Yep. All those things going on. Um, I, I, I'm not sure why you do it. I'm, at this point, it if the CFL is... As you said, if it's on life support, you may have to get... Like, it, are we doing it? Are we doing it just for a swan song, the final lap, the wave goodbye? Because I guess my question is not just can they do it by Labor Day under all these protocols. Can they do it by Labor Day with you and me in the stadium? I'm thinking Labor Day is is, is doable. Yeah, I, I see that as as the case. I, I know we are. Absolutely, she it looks it, bleak now. But well, for sure, no, for sure. <laughs> and this is this is a time when you go, and we've said a, a bunch of times, but it's the, this province is an inferno, yeah, right of of the variants just yep. running wild. And so, like at this time last year, when we're like, hey, there's 800 new cases a day in Ontario. <laughs> And you're, that like, was an inferno. And, and you're like, look at those people in Quebec with their 1400 right. and you're like losers. <laughs> and, and and now we are in excess of 4,500 a day. Yep. And, and it's just unbelievable, right. With what's happening. But the reality is I, I firmly believe between the bumbling and ball dropping that the, that the province yeah. is doing right now in terms of lockdowns and whatnot, and the up, the ramping up in in vaccinations, I think by September you're going to see a, a new world here, or maybe an old world. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's interesting, and I, I just thought uh, I would bring it up because to me, like I said, that's solid advice from the PA. But as a fan, you're like, oh fuck, we're not close, right? Like, okay, but, but Matt, can I ask you a question? And and we're talking now. If you are someone who is 100% healthy, right? Right. You have no pre-existing health issues, whatever your, whatever the deal is. Yep. Are you taking the AstraZeneca vaccination offered to you at a pharmacy in your area? 100%. 100%, 100%. man. I, 
I, I am I am seeing I'm watching the news last night and them saying, yeah, there's pharmacies with AstraZeneca, not you know, people just sitting there waiting yeah. to be administered and and nobody coming through because they're leery of this uh, this yeah, and, and I'm saying crank that bitch wide open yeah. to all age groups. If there's a million doses administered and two people have blood clots, right. I'm taking that bad boy today. If I walk up to you and like I walk up to the the lakeside there at the the cottage or whatever, and you're fucking drowning, and I throw you a life ring, and you go, I'd really think I'm gonna wait for another life ring. Fuck you. I'm walking away, and you drown, man. Your dumb <laughs> soggy ass goes under, right? Like that's. I'm looking at nothing but pine trees, and I'm saying, I hate that mat. I bet you somebody better is gonna throw me a life ring. Right. Fuck like, you. Huh? Right? Like, oh, I'm not sure that's happening. Right. So that's sort of where I'm at with this. I, I have I have all kinds of thoughts on people turning it down. But at the same time, <laughs> if that's where we're at, crank the doors open. Let's not be throwing this shit out. Like I, I'm following this um, and, and we'll share it on our social media feeds. There's an account out there right now because of the communication failures kind of going on across the country. It's just called um, Vaccine Hunters Canada, I believe is the, the, and it's just here, like here at the the Costco, just south of where I live, they're saying dozens of unbooked spots on Monday and Tuesday because people are what they're calling vaccine shopping, right? And there is, uh, this is like, there is, I, I get it. There was a reason to study these blood clots and whatever, but you're seeing far less incidents of these happening with this vaccine than with tons of drugs we already take all the time. These are just new. And, and so the media is kind of fucking with us here. I get it. You kind of have to cover it, but now you have, I don't know, thousands upon thousands of people thinking they know better than the experts that we entrust to do this, which is kind of been a problem all the way through this fucking calamity over the last year or so. But it's infuriating to think, man. And essentially, I guess this, I saw a great line the other day that was essentially uh, the the AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson vaccines are the same sort of way of doing this where Pfizer and whatever the other one was, I can't remember now, are the MR. Yeah, they're the mRNA versions. And so... In the U.S., they had kind of paused the Johnson & Johnson because it was having a similar effect only on women under a certain age, which I guess they say is 50, 55, whatever it is. They said, you should mass market this to all the, the mega assholes down in the U.S. that the Johnson & Johnson, that's the man's vaccine. Only a man can hold this Johnson, right? Like, that's the way we're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love it, man. But we're just, we're a society now that has decided... I know better than the experts and that's just bad fucking news that it's time to just crank the doors open, book an appointment. Anybody who wants to come and get it can come and get it. We've done the age thing for a couple of weeks. It was over 80, a couple of weeks, over 70, a couple of weeks, over 60. That all made sense to me to roll it out. We're at a point now where these appointments are going unfilled and vaccines are getting thrown out. It's been long enough. Just open the doors. Do it. Yeah. And, and I agree with you 100%. This is the thing. And, and only while it came up in the conversation that, yeah, I, I want to see all this happen now. Like if, if, if you, there's never any need 
to if you have things that are, are being unused, yeah, man, dude, like open it up. Cause there's people out there who are, who are, uh, I was going to say dying for it, who are <laughs> dying from jo- it. <laughs> jo- jonesing for yes. it, right? Like this is it. And you go, okay, you know what? If, if, the, if the shoppers down the street doesn't, you know, have, it has extra. Yeah. We're closing at 10 at nine 30. They need to be out on the, like knocking on the door or going into the Tim Hortons across the street. Anybody who wants, like, we don't care what, <laughs> no, seriously, whatever age you are, if you just go out and say, like, we have these to use or they get thrown out tonight. I'd rather see that than them being wasted. Well, and, and it's, but it's, as you've said, the media, like before the AstraZeneca was even available here, right? Yeah. The, the media has drummed this up where people are like, oh my God, man. I'm gonna, I, 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 I am, this is going to go bad. It's the context. Rob. It was worth reporting, right? You no, couldn't I, ignore I it. it. I know you do, but the, like it's context. It's one in a million. Like your odds of getting struck by a bus when you leave the house this morning are greater than that. Oh, <laughs> like, no. So just get it right. And they just, they didn't frame it properly. And now you have this thing where we have all these vaccines that could be used on people and they're just going, no, I'll wait for a better one. Well, like I said, then you drown, man. That's yeah. Vaccine. As as you said, vaccine shopping. What do you got? I got the Pfizer. Right. Well, I'm a solid Moderna guy. (laughs) You don't know shit, man. Whatever whatever Uh, you're doing. Last thing I wanted to get to just because I don't know why, man, this made me laugh. This is the ultimate like drunk late night thing you'd want to do, but kind of happening at a time when it's not, there's a, a couple of uh, pubs here in Ottawa called the Senate. Uh, one is down in the market and I didn't know there was a second one. I don't, I don't know if it's reasonably new, but it's on bank down kind of the Southern or further South in, uh, in the city. And they have installed essentially pizza vending machines. You go in and there's kind of these pre-made pizzas and you pay and then it, it heats it up. And kind of sends it out to you. I guess there is an option. You can have it not heated up so that you could take it home and cook it yourself. But I don't know, man, in a world where you've been to Japan a couple times and, and we've talked about some of the crazy shit you can get in a vending machine over there. Uh, you know, ladies undergarments, things like that. What is the likelihood that a drunk Rob late night after a night at the pub is willing to do vending machine pizza? 100%. It's going to say, I, I might be all in on this, man. <laughs> well, because I'm just going to have to Uber home and then order and wait and pass out before it arrives. And no, yeah, just give me that and, in and, the and, cab. And, <laughs> and, re- and really, when you're talking about the Tokyo vending machines, it's not women's undergarments. It's used women's undergarments. Yes. No, that's a fair point. So in terms of. Not heated yeah. up. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> maybe who knows? Yeah, exactly. A little, little hot lamp there. We can get sure. to go. Um, I think if you're ordering women's undergarments, anyways, I'm not comparing us necessarily to Tokyo. <laughs> Was this um, the first thing I thought of? But, ha- but having been in a bunch of places, right? Uh, Sao Paulo yeah. at, at, at midnight, scary just for the record, <laughs> right? In terms of, um, it's street food is, is sketchy. Yeah. It's, it, it's really when it comes down to, and I've been in Budapest at closing time. I've been in 
you know, Porco, all of these places Portugal. you're listening, you're listing should be noted. You've been there at closing time, a time or two. <laughs> yeah, there, actually, there's never been a place a country right. that I've been to that I haven't been. I haven't seen last call at, close, at closing <laughs> at Madrid time. Madrid, or and, and, and honestly, uh, Beijing street food. Oof. After closing time. Isn't that how we ended up in this COVID mess? <laughs> super, exactly, Matt. Can I get COVID from a frozen bat? Yes, <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, the, the, the likelihood of, and, and I, I was I was super sketch on the, on the whole idea of what is this going to look like? Mm-hmm. But these are all produced ahead of time and they actually cook yes. in the machine, which... Hey man, I, there's no way I'm taking it raw and cooking it at home. <laughs> like I'm cooking that bad boy and then In eating the it cold at home. Okay, right. Like a, this like, is it. Like when I clicked on the link, I was sort of like, "Oh, is this gonna look like your normal pot machine or Snickers bar machine, where there's just random individually wrapped slices hanging in this vaguely kind of half warm?" <laughs> Hanging, yeah, I like. Why is like that a one chocolate the, bar? All the top, all the toppings have slid yes. right off that bad boy. It's like kind of cling wrap, uh, wrapped up and what? But I'm like, all right, like you kind of press the one you want, and it he, it. I'm sure it's basically microwaving it in this thing, but at least it comes out warm. I don't know. Like I'm kind of willing to to give the Senate here a the benefit yeah. of the doubt. I it well, wasn't as objectionable as I expected it yeah. to be. Well, and they are personal size yes. pizzas, yeah. right? And so for any of you who've Hot traveled outside of fat boy, North America, right? Where <laughs> everything comes, I want to have the 16 slice pizza tonight, right? If you're in Europe, you're getting a dinner plate size pizza. That's just what you're getting, right? right? Yep. You fold that bad boy into <laughs> a, you know, in half like a calzone. Fucking and Panzerati, yeah. Yeah, and you eat that after closing time. That's just <laughs> how it works. Um, but that that is how pizza is served everywhere else in the world except for fat ass North America. So God bless you, fat ass North America. Yeah, no, I, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm still living here, right? I, I've been all over the world and I'm still here. So the hut in a, Budapest just doesn't, yeah, get, isn't yeah, quite the same. <laughs> I'm in the menstruation hut in Nepal. What is happening here? Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what just that. happened, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm uh, the prices range between well, and I blame that really, Matt. To be honest with you, on the uh, the common good double dry hopped seven point five percent. This could be a little more carbonated, okay. but in terms of a double dry hopped IPA, mm-hmm. which I never got back to, could be a little more carbonated to help me sort of keep this in control. But this is a super drinkable seven point five percent beer. That's um, coming through. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I said I, I said that in the tweet up front. Like, who yep. knows how this is going to go? Couple of big boy beers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at nine between nine dollars and thirteen dollars for your for your personal pizza, right? That is Let pricey, her go. Though. I don't know. That's pricey. Really? Personal. What are you pizza? showing, Matt? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna show up at home and you're gonna say, "Hey, give me that family pleaser with yeah." Two mediums and a and some garlic bread, and that's gonna be like twenty six. I don't know. It's yeah, right. So get yourself I, the, the appeal get is yourself, yeah, but you're not getting the garlic bread, and you're not getting no. But you're gonna eat one of them when you get home. And you're right gonna eat now. the other one in the morning. You're getting it right now. That's the uh, that's the yeah, appeal but, of the street pizza. <laughs> well, 
and it's going to be too hot. It is not going to be. The opposite is going to be the problem. It's going to be half It's cooking microwave. it in the machine nah. in, nine, in three minutes. It's not bringing it out to you in a nice little box, I'm assuming either. I'm, we, you know what? As soon as this is done, I'm going down. I got to try one of these things. Oh, no, I, this is it. We're going to come, come. First, we're going to drink we're, like 30 beers in this place. And then when, yeah, even that, though it's completely <laughs> possible to have a pizza in the place, I'm waiting till closing time and going no, out and no. using the machine. No, this is, this is absolutely, the two of us are going to take down 30 pints at your place. We're going to Uber down. We're going oh to we're, we're hit that bad boy at, at closing mess. time. Yeah, all right. And then we'll come back and we'll record a pod. Oh, and fuck. it'll be for the good listener. It'll be the last episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll wind this one down there. Don't forget, on Thursday morning... Graham Creech and Steve Bunda will be on the podcast to talk about UFC 261. Until then, we're on hey, Twitter. Yeah, Stevie Bunda has just had his birthday Friday, just yeah. this week. So when you see him, yeah, be sure to ask him speak. how that went. All right, we'll do. Or no, no, speak quietly. He took the weekend off. He wasn't on <laughs> TSN weekends today because he was out enjoying. Yeah, celebrating. Exactly. God love you. Correct. Man. Um, I don't remember what I was doing there. It's uh, Graham Creech and Steve Bunda will be your UFC 261 tee-up show. That'll be Thursday morning. Until then, my name's Matt, his name's Rob, and we'll see you next time. See ya. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.